We're in this funny in-between time between Christmas and New Year. It's like the Advent candles have been snuffed out and we've done Advent and then it's got this New Year's tomorrow and here we are. Great seeing you here at church on Sunday at the end of 2023. And I thought it was appropriate at the end of this year and heading into next year that uh, we do some house cleaning. Mate, the rubbish that was produced last week. The rubbish. I didn't dare bring my wheelie bins in. Now, this is actually, this is a green, this identifies as a green wheelie bin, this one. And it's got a red lid. That's our garbage one. This one identifies as a green wheelie bin with a yellow lid. And we'll just sit them both over there. I tell you what, when I walked my, uh, the red lid bin down on Tuesday night, ready for Wednesday, I tell you what, it could have walked down there by itself. The living organisms. <laughs> I felt quite embarrassed because I'm looking at my others because we're all lined up around the cul-de-sac and they just didn't seem to be as living as mine. So I went back up the house and got the fly spray out. and <laughs> I thought, I just don't want so many... Mag- what will people think of me? When they look at my rubbish bin, not only look at it, just get a whiff of it. The prawns, the ham bones, the some nappies in there. It's just let's not even go there. Well, we have to go there. I mean, I cleaned out the, the, our fridge here, just here on level three on Friday. Oh, mate, there's some. It might have been refrigerated, but there's some living organism were happening in that fridge as well, and uh, it, it needed to happen. What is it with a combination of Queensland heat? and our rubbish bin and what it does. In fact, there's industrial action down in Sydney and the headline of the paper said, happy maggot season as the stuff now builds up. Uh, Same in Cambodia when we lived there, it was hot, steamy, and the rubbish would all get thrown in the back of an open truck and as you'd followed behind, all the juices are just sort of running out of the truck and and it'd go past your house where you lived and you're just going, oh, mate, that's just so rank. It really is. Uh, each week we'd have a lady actually come through and she'd go through all of our rubbish. She was a recycler, a part of the poor of the poor of Cambodia. But I've come to the understanding and the realisation, and it's a significant uh, realisation, that all garbage smells the same. It doesn't matter whether it's Cambodia. I've been in the Middle East. I've been to the Philippines. I've been here. Our rubbish actually smells the same. And so I thought I'll just do a little investigation on that. Why does our rubbish all smell the same? So I found this poster. It's called The Aroma of Chemistry. The the aroma chemistry, the smell of garbage. What is it that makes it all smell the same? Well, it's the breaking down, the bacterial breaking down of the nitrogens, the ammonias and the sulphurs and so on that produce the smell. So there's a little educational tip there for you. But I I thought as our final sermon of 2023, I thought it would be, there's a teachable moment there Uh, in terms of our garbage, our own rubbish and so on, uh, that we have. But I do want to make just a a, a clarifying comment before I sort of launch into the rubbish that each of us carry. And the clarification is between a person who's a Christian and a person who's not a Christian. Now, in a sense, I'm speaking to a group here today that I would consider a Christian, but we probably may have some here who are not a Christian, but to the Christians, Colossians 2, 13, 14 says, God made us alive together with Christ. God made us alive together with Christ, having forgiven us of all of our trespasses. 
by cancelling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This, this he set aside by nailing it to the cross. How do we even come into the presence of a holy God that we've just been singing about? Well, as Christians, we've had that debt, that burden of sin has been dealt with, the penalty's been paid. Uh, when Jesus cried out, it is finished on the cross, well, that it was finished was in terms of the debt being paid. We no longer live under the judgment and the burden and the penalty of our sin. And Piper says, that's the purchase and the permanent security of, uh, of this, uh, the purchase and permanent securing of our forgiveness. We live in that space. If you're not a Christian, then you still live under that burden and that penalty and that judgment. And if you, if you read, if for those who have read The Pilgrim's Progress, when a person becomes a Christian, it's when they come to the, uh, the cross there and their burden of their sin, the penalty and the judgment that we sit under, that burden was released from Pilgrim uh, there at the cross. However, on this side of eternity, as Christians, we still have our sin nature. We still live there. In fact, 1 John 1.8 says, if we claim to be without sin, we actually deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Well, we finish this year uh, carrying all of our own rubbish bags that we've filled ourselves. We're not under the penalty and the judgment of sin because Christ has dealt with that. But we've still got our sin nature that we're dealing with. Uh, you may have noticed mine. You probably noticed it even when I walked up. In fact, over the year, you probably noticed mine because those of us in a more public sort of role and as a pastor of a church and so on, you may more readily notice my rubbish. And some of you might even point that out to us at times. However, look around. Each of you, in fact, are carrying a bag of rubbish. We may dress it up, we may look good and respect them in our Sunday clothes, but you could actually turn to your neighbour and say, nice rubbish. Don't do that. <laughs> Metaphorically, rhetorically. But we're all carrying it. And so we come equally together this morning. And I think there's something that God can do in and through that thought there. You know, there's a verse that says that everyone's garbage smells the same and makes God hold his nose. You know that verse? You're struggling? Okay. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and have fallen short of the glory of God. Levels the playing field. We've all got our rubbish. It's all sitting out there. So what makes our rubbish smell? It's the toxic stuff. You think about the stuff that goes into that red lid, red lid bin. We consumed it, we ate it, but a week later, whatever, it's toxic. I'm still knocking off Christmas dinner on Friday, uh, Christmas food on Friday and Friday after lunch. I wasn't feeling all that great. And over time, that if we don't deal with that rubbish that accumulates, that we collect, it rots and it leaks. So when was the last time you emptied the garbage? When was the last time you did that? You put out the rubbish. I don't want to oversimplify 
uh, these issues, some of these issues, it's not an exhaustive list or whatever that I'm about to mention and some of them may be issues that you've been wrestling with, have been rotting and they've been struggling with over a period of time. But it could be things like shame and guilt. They just sit there, there's heavy rubbish that we carry around. Worry and unbelief, resentment, pride, unforgiveness, addiction, lust. Our little secret sins that we don't want anyone to see that bag. Self-righteousness. And that's when we see somebody else's rubbish and yet we don't see our own. That's what happened with the tax collector and the Pharisee. He looked across to that tax collector and said, thank you, Lord, that I'm not one of them. Walked down the driveway and we compare rubbish bins who has the most maggots crawling out of it. Jesus said to the Pharisees, you're like whitewashed tombs. It's all clean on the outside, but you've got rotting carcasses inside. But the one I just want us to sort of briefly think about this morning is, is bitterness. Hebrews 12, 15 says, let no bitter root grow up to cause trouble and defile many. Bitter there has the same meaning as poison. Let no poison root. Ephesians 4, 27 says of anger, and we'll refer to it a little bit short, uh, we'll refer to it shortly, but I think it can be applied just as much to bitterness, that these things can give the devil a foothold. And bitterness stinks like bad breath. And we need to constantly in our lives be working on day in, week in, year in to not let it take root. Because all of us are susceptible to it. A wrong word said at the wrong time and it finds its target. In Vanuatu they have... A, a tree, a plant called the strangling fig. And they're so big over there. What they do is they go around a living tree all the way up and over time they strangle the life out of the tree that it's grown around until I've been into some of them where you can walk in between the roots of the strangling fig and you can look up once where the tree once was, but it's gone. It's gone. That strangling fig has killed and taken the life out of that tree that it went around. Well, that's what bitterness does. It's just like a strangling fig. I can talk to you here, though, and you can maybe see that analogy and so on, but maybe let's just bring it down a little closer to home. What does bitterness look like for a teenager? It's a byproduct of maybe anger and frustration as young people are trying to make their way in their life and they're frustrated by their family or frustrated by school, by rules, by structure that's being put around them as they're moving into young adulthood. It could be the holding and the nursing of hurts that sit out there and legitimate. It's like the food that we ate before it goes in there. It's legitimate, but it's what it turns into. And all the meantime, it's keeping the focus on yourself keeping the focus on yourself. It's a poison, but no bitter root. What about our young families that are sitting out there? Interesting, Beethoven suffered from irritability, depression, and abdominal pain. But someone must have kept a lock of his hair 
and they've sampled it in more recent times, and they found out that he suffered from lead poisoning. Little by little, whether the cups, the plates, whatever it might be, as he lived his life, that poison consumed him and eventually killed him. Over the course of the years in, in ministry and so on like that, I've seen marriages fail after the kids have gone. I mean, when marriages fail, that's sad. But I see it happen after the kids are gone. And I wonder, little by little, build-up of hurts, anger, disappointment, bitterness. And it takes root. And it spreads like mould. And I think we can be distracted by the raising of kids that we're actually ignoring some of these weeds that maybe need to be pulled out. What about our older community? Unmet expectations, failing health, everything requires too much physical and emotional effort. Bitterness is like an infected abscess. Henry Miller was the author of a book called Tropic of Cancer. He wrote it on turning 80. He made this insightful comment. He said, if you can keep from growing sour, surly, bitter and cynical, man, you've got it half-licked on turning 80. There's more that I could talk to about that. Any of the age groups that are spread across a church like this, we are all sitting ducks. We are all vulnerable to that word, that action, that thoughtlessness, that something that can just take root and it gets fed. Red lead bin. How do we empty the garbage? And as Christians, we have a process for that. It's not happening this morning. Apologies. It's a challenge sometimes in a Sunday service and the aroma of coffee is coming through. Who likes the aroma of coffee? Okay, some of you don't. Okay, let me try another one. You walk into the bakery and there's the aroma of fresh bread. It just hits the senses. I was talking to, um, I was talking to someone recently. Oh, I know. I've had his uh, steam train down there, and the smell of the coal, and uh, took me back to a five-year-old and getting the briquettes down the side of the house because no, anyone my age, under my age probably wouldn't even know what the, the little coal things and our little fire and the smell of steam trains. It's funny. Our, our noses have memories. Our smells. Isn't it amazing that a smell could be a memory that can trigger and so on like that. But there are some delightful smells out there and they do something. Consider this verse. 1 Corinthians 2, 14 and 15. And through us, God, spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere for we are the aroma of Christ to God. Wow. Isn't that amazing? I'm talking about stinking rubbish and stuff that we live with and have to deal with and so on. 
But it's God's people, Paul's writing here, that says, we are the aroma of Christ to God. Hmm. You can almost smell that coffee, smell that bread, but it's far more than that. But how? How? How are we the aroma of Christ? Well, there's a couple of aromas out, out there, and the first one I've got is the key to it all. It's the aroma of confession. As Christians, we now live in the possession and the enjoyment of God's forgiveness. And we need to live in the reality of 1 John 1 9. If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and will purify us from all unrighteousness. Done. That's the first part of the aroma of Christ. The second part is the aroma of a thankful spirit. Colossians 2.6 says, Therefore, as you have received Christ the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Hebrews 13.15 says, Through Jesus, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise. You see, that's an aroma. I've probably said it multiple times from this pulpit. But three weeks before Ian Stacey, who was a resident up there and flew for MAF and those sort of things, passed away. He laid up in his bed. I come back from Cambodia and visited him. And he said, how good is this? To be cared for by a Christian community in the last days of my life. And it was just the aroma of a thankful spirit. But he wasn't bunging it on in the last three weeks of his life. He'd been living it. And it meant to be around Ian, meant to absorb that aroma. It's a delightful one, isn't it? Needless to say, the opposite stands true as well. The aroma of confession, the aroma of a thankful spirit, is one way that God has set up to be able to help us deal with our garbage. But over here, I've got the recycle bin. Ephesians 4.17 says, Now this I say and I testify on the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. Verse 22, he says, put off the old self. Verse 24, he says, put on the new self. So I'm going to draw out of that the metaphor of of the recycling. It, it, it doesn't hold true in all the cases and, 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 and it, will, it will fail, but it's just, it is helpful. So how do we empty the yellow bin? We've got the garbage sitting over here. We've got the stuff that can be recycled. Well, firstly, here. A recycled mouth. Ephesians 4.25 says, Therefore, having put away... Or falsehood, let each of you speak the truth with his neighbour, for we are members of one another. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but as such as good for the building up as fits the occasion. Let each of you speak the truth. You see, he says, having put away falsehood, so there's what was, this is what it should be. This is the recycling, the renewing, the transformation of God living in through our lives through the power of the Holy Spirit transforms our mouth. And it says that each of you speak the truth as a continual aspect to it. It's not a one-off occasion. 
let me just say that I, I do get concerned because Aussies say, oh, I call a spade a spade. They're speaking the truth, but it's not done in love. It's a, there's a harshness and so on. But where to speak the truth? It says, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths. That word corrupting means rotten. Let no rotten stuff. Oh, I'll tell you what, the stuff that can come out of our mouth, it's rotten. It's disgusting. It's just like straight out of the bin. It's like we're rummaging in the bin. Oh, I've got to go and get that bag of prawns back out again. But look at this. But only as such as good for the building up. The building up as fits the occasion. Hmm. So when you speak, let it be for the building up. Five years in Cambodia, one of my takeaways there, sadly was that some people have been gifted with the ministry of discouragement. I used to have a little email folder that was called Encouraging Emails. I kept them because people would email me and it would be an encouragement. And there are others, it was just such a discouragement. It really was. I had to deal with that. It's a sad indictment of your ministry. Recycled mouth. Secondly, recycled hands. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labour, doing honest work with his own hands so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. Let the thief no longer steal, doing, steal, doing honest work with his hands. Thief, whatever it might be. Greedy, whatever it might be. People that do honest work with their hands. That's recycled hands. They once were doing that. They now need to be able to do this so that they may have something to share with anyone in need. Interesting. We don't work to accumulate wealth. We work to share. That's part of the Christian community. That's what it was known for in the early days. And finally, recycled heart. Ephesians 4.26 says, Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. Anger has a place. But in our fallen nature, it so quickly turns to sin. What does a recycled heart look like? Well, we deal with it. I go to quickly to the one that I've wronged, Matthew 5, and I go quickly to the one who has wronged me, Matthew 18. We don't deal with it, then we give the opportunity for the devil to have a foothold. What a terrible testimony that as Christians we can unwittingly and unknowingly be used by the evil one to accomplish his purposes. That's a challenge. A recycled heart is a forgiving heart. Ephesians 4, 31, keep going down there, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, along with every other form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ God forgave you. We live under his forgiveness. But boy, we find it so difficult to forgive others. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, If anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, the new is here. In fact, this is probably where the metaphor breaks down a bit because it's not a recycled heart, it's a new heart. We are a new creation. Well, Every week when you drag your wheelie bin down to the curb, for those of you who do it, and if you're younger and your job is to empty the bins or whatever, think about what needs to be thrown out. 
in your life? What rubbish, what toxic garbage needs to go so that the aroma of Christ can emerge? Whatever needs to occur can only occur at one place and it occurs at the foot of the cross. Just as we need an external agency to come and empty these, we need an external agency to come and collect the rubbish from our lives. Emptying these bins in our lives are the work of Christ. It starts with confession. We come to the cross each with our bag as it were and we lay it down in an act of humility. The act of confession becomes the aroma of confession. The act of thankful spirit becomes the aroma of a thankful spirit and it produces two further aromas. Back to 2 Corinthians, the aroma of our witness and through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. For we are the aroma of Christ to God amongst those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To one, a fragrance from death to life and the other, a fragrance from life to from death to death to the other, a fragrance from life to life. Our witness, living in this space uh, of, of humility and confession and thankfulness before God, produces an aroma of, that enhances our witness. Not all value, though, this verse says, the scent of truth. The aroma of love, John 13, 35, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Well, what an incredible blessing to be part of a church community where there are young people, where there are families, where there are our older folk who are, have the aroma of Christ. It's such a blessing. And as we finish 2023 and head into 2024, imagine being able to say in a metaphorical sense rather than nice rubbish which we would have said at the beginning of the message, what if you were able to say, metaphorically, you smell nice. We've come to the cross. We continue to empty our rubbish. We head into the new year with recycled mouths, hands, hearts, with the aroma of Christ obvious. What a great way to start a new year. When we walk into a room, it's not the coffee, it's not the bread, but it's a thankful spirit is heard. Thank you to those who write emails and encourage us, pastoral team, elders. Thank you. Thank you for those who take the time out to encourage each other. We can all have that spiritual gift. And maybe you've never come to the cross in the first place to deal with that actual original burden and judgment of your sin. What a great way to start the new year. It all happens here at the cross. Let me pray and then we'll sing an appropriate hymn. Our burdens are lifted at Calvary. They are when we were, when we become a Christian, but I tell you what, they, they continue to be in the living out of our Christian life as we keep short accounts with God and with each other. We live in that thankful space. Our witness becomes pleasant and we love one another and encourage one another. Lord, and a message like this that could cover so many areas, you know our own hearts and our own lives, our own weaknesses, our own shortcomings. You know all of that. And the only fact that we can even come before a holy God with the stench of our own rubbish 
and rottenness is because of the work of Christ on the cross. So Lord, I just want us to take a moment that as we finish out this year, what stuff in the red bin needs emptying? And maybe it's been sitting there for a while. Maybe it's infested. Maybe it's obvious. And it stinks. Lord, as your people, we want the aroma of it. It says we're the aroma of Christ. And that's you working in and through our lives. Lord, take our mouths, our hands and our hearts. Recycle them, renew them. Let them be used for purposes that are going to again bring out the fragrance of Christ. And Lord, maybe someone here this morning has never come to that point where the guilt and the shame and the burden of their sin has never been dealt with. They too need to come to the cross. Lord, we humbly, it's in humility that we come before you, each with our own bag of rubbish and lay it at the foot of the cross as it were. Let your cleansing work come through. Lord, lift those burdens at the end of 2023 and invigorate us for 2024, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.